Welcome to Open Graves. I'm Vesta Vangloria. Heather Noel Aldridge, welcome back. She's drinking wine. Pink um, wine. Don't judge me. <laughs> so today we're kind of gonna revisit. Uh, we have another guest today, and Heather and I had ended up talking a little bit on one of our previous early fledgling episodes about um, the surprising to some people a uh, crossover between Disney and the goth subculture. And today we have Noah Corda, who is the founder of Bats Day. Hello. This is Noah. He's on our Zoom. He and Heather are also just meeting on this Zoom for the first time. I have known Noah for many years. I'm actually not sure how many. <laughs> many. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Did you actually, like, I was trying to figure this out earlier. Noah, do you even remember how we met? Because I don't. I don't, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's one of those, like, we're just in each other's orbits for so long that it just, uh, I don't know, it's an a osmosis. Absolutely. It was just weird because, like, because now Bats Day, well, I mean, we're finally being able to do the 22nd event, and we've had two years because of the pause, and now I guess it would technically be 24, but we're just going to yeah. say 22. I've been going through, like, I mean, I've got so much footage and, and photos and all that good stuff. And I've just been going through stuff. And actually, in fact, I think I posted this one photo of you and Tan and Bray. And I think like, you guys were like babies. It was so yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been going since I was 14 and not even really a part of the goth subculture because I was a baby. God. Um, and I was just dragged out by some Rocky Horror friends, and that was how that happened. Like, it really, that day was a pretty large gateway for me to being in this subculture at all, because there was no age limit. Right. And that's the cool thing about the event in general. It's just one of those things where there is, it, it's, it's, you know, all ages. And a lot of us who now have kids and grown yeah. up <laughs> and have kids, it's like now we can take our you know, our young battlings to this thing yeah, and see like what it's all about. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to make note to the listeners that the reason we are doing this particular Zoom after 9 p.m. is because Noah has a kid and it is now after her bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's it. an excellent dad. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm curious now, I know that Bats Day started very informally. When did you get permission or did you get permission from the mouse god? Well, we've never really had permission. It just kind of happened. Mm. Um, I know when the event first started back in 99. So I was running a, a club in West Hollywood called Absinthe. And it was at a venue called Tempest that I don't even think is even around anymore. I don't even know of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do, um, do you remember where the Yukon Mining uh, restaurant was on yes. Santa Monica? It, oh, that place was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a tranny <laughs> smorgasbord, you know, yeah. it's a smorgasbord. So yeah. it was across the street from that. Um, also, there was a Trader Joe's in that parking lot. But so I was running Absinthe. Um, and then because we're all friends, uh, Dave, Jen, and everybody else from Release the Bats, yeah. and we always do cross promotions between the two clubs. They were just like, hey, we're going to go to Disneyland. We're going to bring everybody from Release the Bats. You know, maybe we should do the same with Absinthe. And I'm just like, great. And, you know, I set up like meeting spots and we did like a scavenger hunt, I think, for the first couple of years. But it was like 90 people showed up to this thing. And yeah. 
it was just this weird kind of like let's just get all these goth and death rock people and just go to disneyland and have fun um and that's pretty much how it started and disney had no clue that this was even happening um it probably wasn't until maybe year four disney started figuring some stuff out about it um because that was during the early days of myspace mm-hmm. and so it was sort of like this Uh-oh. word of mouth thing and the second you rolled around and i'm just like dave jen let's let's do this again they're like no 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 we were only supposed like they only wanted to do it as a one-time thing and i was just like no no we got to do this again it's it's just it was fun and me being like a Disney kid anyways, it was just like, you know, this is great. It's now melding my goth death rock world into my other love, you know, and it was just, it just seemed like a perfect fit. So <laughs> they begrudgingly went, okay, we'll do it again. And so that was once again, word of mouth. You're three by that time. They're just like, you've got this under your belt. Let's just, you just continue doing it and running it. And which I did, but I think like year four, it had kind of exploded and yeah. I, a lot of that had I to do. I want to say year three is probably when I started going because it's probably oh two is my yeah. Um, well, estimate. the first was ninety nine, and then two thousand second and two thousand one was the third year. So yeah, like okay, 2000... yeah, yeah. So like two thousand four. I mean, that was I'm sorry, two thousand two. Um, that was I think like MySpace beginnings, and that was also like a great year. In fact, I was just talking to a friend about this that like. 2002 to like 2005 was just like a good era for like goth music and industrial music coming out. And that was just such a great era. So we had noticed that by year four, we pretty much had like quadrupled in size and we had like 500 people already coming. Wow. Which is now like nothing compared to what happens. I mean, Jesus, compared by, you know, the last time we did the event, which was uh, 2019, um, yeah. there was roughly about 16,000 people there. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. 16,000, damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think it was around year four, Disney started putting two and two together because I remember they would like kind of follow us and kind of watch to see what we were doing. <laughs> And of course, you know, the whole situation is it's once again, don't judge a book by its cover because huge untapped market, we can pretty much, you know, start making merchandise and and selling it towards them. And, you know, I mean, that's like, that was during the era of like, let's put like Jack Skellington's face on everything. Everything. Yeah. Baseballs (laughs) to drumsticks to rulers. It's just like, all right. You know. Well, like that was my question I'm curious about because knowing like, Disney's politics and their like really strict rules for employees and rules for guests. Like I would think, I mean, looks being what everything there that they mm-hmm. would have some apprehension, some suspicion, some extra hired security, some shakedowns of what what are you bringing in? Like were they worried at all by these ruffians in black? Well, I think things had kind of changed. I mean, yeah, you got to remember. There was that one time back in the 60s where the hippies took over Tom Sawyer Island. And yeah, that was, I mean, that's hilarious. So like, I, I missed that. Oh, I don't even go, know about this. Go, yeah. online, go online and Google um, hippies take over Tom Sawyer's Island um, at Disneyland. And you'll see this whole thing. And there's like all this whole pictorial and everything. It's really, really cool. But of course, like I started thinking about that where I was like, 
geez, this is sort of like falling into that same trap. And yeah, I had concerns about it too, but like, luckily it was just sort of like, like-minded people just showing up to the park. Um, I know in the beginning they were very strict, but I kind of feel like by today's standards, like I was saying, I think they realized they had this untapped potential. And, and secondly, we're very respectful too. Like, well, that's the good thing about our community. I mean, there's always a bad apple in every, you know, every community, there's always a bad apple in the bunch. The situation is that we are always constantly like, I've never heard any complaints from our group. It's always usually the regular guests that seem to have a problem with us and a lot of complaints. And of course, Disney's in this situation now where it's kind of like, well, as long as they're not yeah. being disruptive and they're following the rules, there's nothing we can do. We're just, we're just guests like everybody else. But there, I usually get like a ton of compliments from very surprised strangers. Right. It's, it's crazy. And like, we're, I feel like we're all like pseudo pseudo celebrities for (laughs) everyone wants to take pictures, pictures of us. It's like, well, you know, this is how we usually are. (laughs) When did the whole musical component come into play where there was like things happening a Friday night set, like the whole weekend? Well, so basically that started probably around the fourth year because I realized a lot of people were coming in, just not from all over Southern California, but were coming from out of the state. And then I started like learning that they were coming from even out of the country, which was just wow. bonkers. Wow. I mean, it was like, you know, Mexico. I think we had some people that came from like New Zealand because they heard about it through MySpace, wow. um, Australia. I mean, it was just all over the place. Um, and so I started thinking about it where it's like, well, look, we got all these people coming in. And they're just coming on Sunday for this trip to Disneyland. Why not make this like into like a full weekend thing? And the first year that I decided to do something, it was just a DJ night and like a dinner thing. And I talked to one of the hotels and I was really concerned too. Cause like, I'm trying to present this to them in such a way because, you know, back then, you know, we had just gotten off a of Columbine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Columbine yeah. happened because Bat's Day was in August. Columbine happened um, 420. So April 20th. Mm. So that, you know, we had just come off of that. And so the stigma of like the goth community, which I think we know this in our community, that wasn't the goth community. I mean, it was. Oh, the- yeah. We know that Columbine, those kids had nothing to do with Those had nothing together. to do with yeah they just they needed to put a label on and it's like oh these kids they're they're dressing in trench coats and wearing black so okay oh goth which it wasn't so you know me trying to sell this i wish i i wish i had video of this but it was like me trying to sell this to the hotel where it's like you know i'm putting on this party and this event and you know we're gonna do this and i'm trying not to say anything about it being goth and Somehow we managed to do it and we pulled it off and they were a little apprehensive about the whole thing. Um, but once again, don't judge a book by its cover. It's like, we were totally fine, but that's how the first one started. It was just a DJ thing. I managed to talk to like some of the contacts of clothing, like with retail slut and um, oh, yeah. Cleopatra records and some of the other things that were still around. Um, and they managed to just give me a bunch of stuff and we gave the stuff away as raffles at the, at the dinner and it, you know, it worked out. It was pretty cool. And so the second year that I did it, which was also at the same hotel, 
that's when I added the live music portion. And that's when we had like Frankenstein perform. And I think this was one of the very first performances from a band called Tragic Black, who I think is semi semi known, semi big now. I know of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I forget, oh, Last Dance performed also. Mm. Um, but yeah, and that's where it was still sort of like a dinner event. And yeah, had like the live it had a very goth prom feel. It was very goth prom because <laughs> that was so also, goth prom. But we even, I don't know if you remember, I but, it was, it. All, it was, but it was also, we did like, we, we kinged, it was all fixed. Like anything that we, everything, I mean, even the, the coven 13 goth prom thing like the king and queen that was all fixed too but so much like this we we fixed it but we had we had the you know king and queen bats day for the i don't day. even remember that really yeah and actually i watched it recently because um since last year we couldn't do the event i did um an online concert um which i went through like 20 years of footage and just put piece together this whole entire like music montage of like live stuff and while I'm previewing this I'm like oh my god I totally forgot this and it's just weird because it's like you're seeing these couples that are in this and like none of these people are even together anymore yeah. so I'm just kind of like Dave and Jen are <laughs> yeah well that's it Dave and Jim were like they're like the only one <laughs> yeah but it was there really are fairy goth parents <laughs> seriously but it was funny because like I so wanted to show this, but it's like I don't know if I want to offend people because it's just <laughs> like I don't know the demographics yeah. of this stuff anymore. But that's I mean, it's like, just a time capsule, though. It oh, is what it is. Completely a time capsule. It's crazy. Like I want to do an entire documentary because I got so oh, much. Oh yes, fun. you should. And, you certainly should. Yeah, and it's on so many different forms of media. It's like from VHS tape to Super Eight to Beta to like yeah. High Eight. I mean, it's just the gambit it's just crazy honestly if you end up doing that i would love to work on that with you because i've done a lot okay. of writing about bats day oh that would be wonderful that would yeah. I think that'd be really cool i mean it'd be cool to have it for the 25th anniversary of it but it's just kind of like we're gonna need more time so 25 i freaking I, can't it's <laughs> it I'm, I'm 51 this year so whoa I, when the fuck did that happen i don't know i have no clue <laughs> So, but yeah, but that's kind of like how the, um, the whole music thing started. And then it just kind of got bigger and bigger. And I when think did, at what out. point did Disney like sign on to their merch? Not, not your merch, but like their, like where the food stylings were bath day themed and things like that. You know, it's weird because it was that kind of sneaky. It was like I a think weird that's a big nod to you. It, it is a you huge know? nod. It is a huge nod. Um, there's some issues with it. Uh-oh. Well, the the thing is, is that it's one of these things where anytime that you see anything that's advertised at Disneyland where it says it's Bats Day or they're selling merchandise and they say it's Bats Day merchandise, um, that's actually, and this is going to be very strange to say this, that's all bootlegged. That is Yeah, the Disney is the bootleg version. <laughs> it's unauthorized Bats Day merchandise. Oh, they are technically not allowed to be using my name without my permission. And guess what? They're not using my permission. They've never even reached out to me. And we've actually had to send them, which I think is hilarious in this whole thing, some cease and desists. Oh. Yeah, you've opened up a whole can of worms. But uh, 
Yeah, we don't yeah. have to mention it or talk about it if you. No, no. I mean, but that's basically it. It's just okay. like a lot of people think like all this stuff with the pins that they've done and all yeah. this stuff. Oh, it's really cool. And it's like, yeah, it's really cool. But the issue is, is that exploitation. It's <laughs> and then it gets kind of sticky because then at some point, like I'm concerned that they'll try to steal it. Mm. And it's just like you can't, I mean, it's I'm protecting the event. And basically the reason why I'm protecting the event is because if Disney manages to get their hands in it without authorization, the event will get lost. And then it's just going to be like, you know, it's people will get upset and, you know, it's that kind of a thing. So, you know, the, the food and that stuff, I mean, it's really cool. It's a total nod to the event. It's really cool. Cause Disney, yeah. I feel like now is totally in tune with, I, th- I feel like it's they're, t- they're totally in tune with their customer base. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. Um, it makes the event more enjoyable too, I feel. Honestly, I feel like Bats Day is this one event because technically Bats, there's really only two events that have been around like forever that I feel like has kind of been like the gateway drug to like allowing all this stuff to happen. Um, you've got Gay Day, yeah. which... Which Gay Day is, is, I always screw this up and it's really bad. And, I, and, and it makes me sound like I'm being really offensive and I'm not trying to be, but it's kind of like Gay Day is like, it's, it's a lifestyle or not even lifestyle. It's not, I mean, Gay Day is sort of just like who you are. I yeah. guess it's a pride. It's a I would, pride. If anything, I would say, I would switch that and say ours is more of a lifestyle. That's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's, ours is a subculture. Yeah. Okay. Bat um gay day is kind of like it's just it just is. Um, it just and that, is. And that it's a pride, it's a pride day. Gay day is is the longest running pride community kind of an event. Gay day, I think, precedes Bat's Day by about maybe two, three years. Mm. Okay. Um, Bat's Day is the longest running subculture event. And it kind of wow. became like the gateway drug to open the door to have all these other things happen like you know dapper day yeah i mean dapper dapper day has only been around for 10 years a lot of people think like dapper day has been around forever and it's like now they and what i always find funny too it's always kind of like oh bats day it's it's like dapper day for the gods i was just gonna say i've been remember the year that they were on the same day it was on the same day which i was like is this to my to my understanding they did that on purpose Okay. Was that yeah. it was a whole like West Side story type? It was shit. so West Side. It was like, yeah, it was like the Goths and the Jets. It was you know? really funny. And it was it was funny. I mean, it was neat. It really kind of mixed the day up. But to my understanding, so funny because we we do have a lot of friends who are like in the like retro and TV oh. communities and mm-hmm. stuff. So the friendships are still there, even though they're not because of the subcultures. So we would like run into friends that were not there for the same reasons. Right. There was like a lot of people that were there that were dressed up as like dapper goths, which I think was hilarious. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is pretty easy to do. Right. Let's say, Vessa, you know who Shannon CJ is, right? Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. She was dressed, I think more dapper, but it was kind of shocking (laughs) because I only know her from the goth community. And it was like the same day it was for Bats Day. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It was, it took me off. It took me off guard too, but I mean, to my understanding, it's, I think they did it on purpose and I'm yeah. just, whatever. Yeah. So I did the opposite where I did not hybridize them, which I could have. I went just like full death rock to make my allegiance very clear. That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember that actually. Oh, your yeah. mind's drawn in the sand, Vesta. Yeah. <laughs> but, yep. but so the thing is, is that basically, so like 
whenever people always ask, you know, it's like when they find out the event, they're like, oh, Bats Day, we've heard of that. That's like, that's like Dapper Day, but for the gods. And I always have to go, no, it's that got it's Bats Day. It's like for Dapper Day, but it, you know, like reversed. And it's like, yeah. it's like, it's so weird because I mean, I'm still amazed that some people don't even realize how long the event's been going on. I mean, yeah. it's just one of those things. So Bats Day kind of opened this floodgate and now everybody's like sort of trying to do their own thing. I mean, I know um, the Tiki community has like, you know, a, a Tiki day. And I think there's also like Adventures Day, um, you know, it's just, it's nuts. There's so many different, like at this point, you can't like throw a dead cat without hitting another subcultures <laughs> event happening. Please, at stop throwing park. dead cats, dude. Yeah, don't, don't even haphazardly <laughs> talk about that. Right. So I want to take a quick turn from Bat Stay and just ask you the thing that we've been asking everyone. Yes. What's your, no, 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 it's leaving. <laughs> Are we actually videotaping this? Yes. It's oh. not going to go anywhere, no. Oh, yeah, don't worry, I'm, don't worry. I'm, I'm narrating. <laughs> I was going to go, I was going to get some to drink. I was going to get my Oh yeah, go, please. Go ahead. You, we can can talk. you can talk, I can hear you you okay uh i wanted to ask you like what your origin story is like never mind bat stay just how did you end up in the, the goth life my origin story started your origin off. Story. my Stephen origin Dylan story origin started story. up i was dropped off at an orphanage and <laughs> no um i don't know it's weird because um i'm definitely a child of the 70s it's always sounds so cliche where it's kind of like I didn't find the goth scene, the goth scene found me, you know? I mean, it's like- Well, it's cliche for a reason because it feels that way sometimes. Right. I mean, I was I was kind of like a weird, spooky kid. Yeah, go figure. And yeah. so like my, um, my parents, I come from a very artistic family. My mm-hmm. um, father was a violinist. He was an LA Philharmonic for 20 years, um, retired in 1980. Um, and then went to go work for my mom's dad's uniform company. They would do like um, doctor's uniforms, scrubs, that kind of stuff. And then um, when the Olympics were here in 1984, his, my grandfather's company created all the vendors, like schmucks, like, you know, when you see like a vendor selling soda or like, you know, the programs, that was my grandfather's stuff he created and then like they created the patches for it and everything too so that's that's my dad's side oh and then he got tired of that and he wanted to get back into the symphony and that never happened anymore because at that point he was i think he was too old they wanted young people so he just kind of continued freelancing and he did a lot of um television and movies in fact you can see my dad in the Adams family, the original, the, the first one with Rob. Oh yeah. yeah, I did know this about your family. Yeah, he's in. He plays the violin. He's sitting behind the um, the snake charmer saxophone guy. Oh, and, that's cool. And the, for him. the cool thing was is that I was actually on set for the entire week that they shot that entire Mamushka scene. <laughs> because actually, it was funny. I was. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So I was also in special effects for about 15, 16 years. And I got out of it because I saw the industry falling in on itself because everything was starting to go mm. digital. And I'm like, I got to fall back on something else and uh, like survive. So back in the nineties, when that was being shot, I was in between jobs and my dad's just like, come down to Raleigh studios and come hang out with the effects people. And maybe we, you can get a job. And so that's like what I did. 
And it was this most amazing experience that I've ever had on a movie set. So I got to meet the entire cast. Raul Julia gave me like a private, I know. Raul Julia gave me a private tour of all the sets. Wow. Like, like the whole, I mean, it just, it was nuts. And so when the movie was shot, what's interesting is, is that, so we've all seen the, we've all seen the Adams family. Well, you know, I have an Adams tattoo. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the, the family crest model. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> so when you're watching the Mamushka, it seems weird. Like something got cut out of it. Like, it's like they're oh. starting off. They're just like playing this music. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they cut away. And there's stuff going on with with the accountant and ever, and then they come back, and all of a sudden it's like the second half of the Mamushka. Mamushka it's kind of like now there's all this singing, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Well, what I can tell you is this: that scene is actually much longer, and there's this. Didn't whole, they like just recently release some of that? They did, yeah. and I bought it out of a whim because it's called the Mamushka version. Yeah. Or like, like the Adams family now with more mamushka and I'm going they just did not release the entire scene so they've re-edited the movie they got rid of a couple scenes and they just have the entire thing and it's really cool because now because you know my father had passed um like 12 years ago it's really cool because now there's even more of my father in this whole oh that's video. so cool and it's really cool and like Sadie my 10 year old daughter she kind of gets to see her grandfather because she never met her grandfather. She gets to yeah. kind of see this kind of stuff. But then I made this really weird revelation where I'm going, oh shit, I am now physically the same age as my dad when he oh, shot that in that film. And it's just like, that's just, it's, wow. it's mind boggling. So yeah, so my dad is in that, you know, he comes from a musical <laughs> background as well. Like his older brother, so my father was the classically trained musician and my uncle. So my, my father comes from three brothers. He was the youngest, the middle one became an accountant and the older, the older brother Murray, he was sort of like the Lawrence Welk of musicians. So during the, the fifties, the, um, I always forget the name of the hotel. I want to say it's the Beverly, the Beverly Glen or the Bel Air Hotel in Beverly Hills. My uncle had his own room there. And so during the 50s, there was this whole, there was like this thing where like, you'd have like 50 violins all playing at once. My uncle was the one that started that trend. Hmm. So my father would always get jobs from my uncle, from his brother. And so like a lot of the film stuff before my um, uncle died, my uncle would drag my father along. So like even my dad's in Death Becomes Her. Oh, um, one of my oh, favorite wow. films. So, yeah, it's know, one of my favorites too. So you, know the <laughs> scene, so you know the scene when they go to the party when Bruce Willis shows up mm -hmm. and he's like, what's going on? And then you look up on the balcony and you've got the band up on top of the balcony. It's, it's my uncle, my uncle and my dad, or I think are all the way to the left if you watch it you got to make sure you get the widescreen version because okay. the full frame it cuts them off oh, wow. but <laughs> all the band members up there that's like my uncle and my dad's strolling you know my strolling symphony that they would do and the sad thing is is that everybody up nobody's alive anymore they're all dead I, it's just it's just weird so that's my father's side my mom's side she was pretty much a hippie 
and a mm -hmm. uh, school teacher. And that's like pretty much what my, my parents did. Um, so, you know, my mom also played the guitar and very, so I came from a very musical background. I never, I never really got into music. I mean, my dad wanted me to play violin. I tried, it just wasn't my thing. I did play French horn for like four <laughs> years through high trumpet, school. Trumpet, baby, trumpet. Yeah. I, I still have the lip, but I don't have the fingering. Yeah, me anymore. too. It comes in handy if you know. Right. It, it does. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, as most people know me from the goth scene too, not just from Bad State, but like I was like one of the, one of the Hollywood DJs for like seven years. Like I was DJing four nights a week. Where would I have seen you? Um, you would have seen me maybe at Helter Skelter. Yeah. Um, I did Absinthe. Um, I was I remember one the of, flyers for absinthe. I don't think yeah. I ever went. Um, I was one of the main people that started Bar Sinister. Well, I might have heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was there for like the first two years. Let's see what else. I don't know. And then I, you know, I started a bunch of other clubs. Hopped around. Yeah, and then like I would, I don't know. I was all over the place. It was well. It in was, addition to that, we have like in addition to your origin story, we have another question which and we might roll our eyes at but I think it is important <laughs> is what is the we always think that there's like some kind of darkness in us that we're either trying to purge or work through or whatever um, that brings us to that kind of music did you have that at all or did you have some kind of like outcast experience or or non-conformity experience or did you have a happy childhood Let's, I, let's get into I, that brain. I want to do a little, um, prepare your notes and your thesis, and your, your <laughs> abstract to present to the class. What's your darkness, young man? <laughs> what? <laughs> you guys, I'm normal. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but to, to go back to what you were saying about the music and everything, um, you know, I, I have such a weird eclectic taste when it comes to music. I mean, I think probably the goth and the punk and the death rock stuff, I think definitely rises to the surface more. Um, but like growing up in a house of music, you know, classical was always like the very first kind of stuff that I was introduced to being a kid. And that's what, you know, my father would, you know, play LA Philharmonic and the Hollywood bowl and all that stuff. So, you know, that was kind of the start of it. Um, I remember being like um, in elementary school, I was turned on to um, Dr. Demento. <laughs> <Ain't no more. laughs> <Sure. laughs> you know, when he used to be on uh, KMET back in the seventies and he was four hours long. And, you know, so I have a kind of strange sense of humor from that, um, you know, growing up also because of the music that my mom was into was all kind of her stuff, you know, like Rolling Stones and Beatles and, mm -hmm. you know, all that and all that kind of, you know, Janice. Yeah, I also grew up with a Jewish mother. Right. Exactly. So yeah. we're like kindred, kindred souls. I mean, we, we totally get it. Um, but then it was like, you know, I would start learning about other stuff. And I think my, the very first con my first live concert I went to, I think was X at the Greek theater. And I want to oh, say, wow. I was, I want to say I was about 10. Wow. Yeah. You know, and then, oh, here's weirdness fact too. So before- X was already at the Greek back then? That's crazy. Wow. I, I think so. I'm trying to remember. I know I saw X and I can't remember where, but the other thing too is so like, 
Sundays, because my mom was such like a school, you know, nursery school school teacher, we would go to Barnstall Park in Hollywood. And on Sundays and Saturdays, they used to do like a kid's thing where it would be like art and stuff. And um, I made this discovery about maybe 20 years ago that apparently I used to see Mystic Knights perform there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just really weird. I mean, out of all the bands that I think I've seen the most, Oingo Boingo is probably one of the because I've seen just about every L.A. show yeah. that they've ever done. Um, you know what? That makes so much sense for your goth Disney crossover. Like Oingo Boingo just fully checks out for that vibe. Yeah. I have that connection as well, even though it was not considered the least bit goth. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's not. Yeah. And that's what I always think is so hilariously funny because you, you've got all these like kids and stuff and young adults and they're just like, oh, I love Danny Elfman and Nightmare yeah. for Christmas and all the scores. I'm like, oh, okay, which Oingo Boingo song do you like? What? Yeah. yeah. And the thing too, though, is that Oingo Boingo, I think That's is really my favorite song, which is Out of Control or Stay. Oh, yeah. Those are good. I'm I'm a Grey Matter man myself. And and No One Lives Forever. I think those uh, are probably my two. Now and, they, um, they play that at the golf club now. They play that at Wednesdays. You kidding? Really? There he is. It's the end of the night. It's usually like one of the- Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And nothing ever, nothing bad ever happens to me is also a, a good one too. But it, <laughs> that song's got like a very like weird, like Jamaican ska sound to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. But um, the first time I saw Oingo Boingo was um, Magic Mountain 84. Wow, um, weird. With, with, at Spar with Sparks. I mean, it was just- oh, wow. it was, Yeah. What a combo. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. So, you know, I started branching off and, you know, trying to find my own, you know, self when it came to the, you know, to music and everything. And that's when I started to dabble down. It's kind of like, you know, with, with like Rolling Stones and the Beatles, it was, it was a natural selection to start going down like the punk road and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of Sex Pistols and, you know, the damned and the damned there you go. Yep. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of that good stuff. Um, and then from there, you know, also David Bowie was a, was a huge yeah. influence as well, which is also a very huge influence on Sadie, my daughter. Yeah, um, that was a big gateway for me too. Yeah. And it's crazy because like with, with the music that I listen to, I don't push any of it onto Sadie whatsoever. Like, I mean, if she wants to listen to BTS and, I don't even know what the kids even listen to now. They're like the Doja Cat. I mean, I, 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 shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, you know, I always hear her listening to stuff, you know, it's like, Alexa, play this. And oh, great. I probably just set her off. <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> Alexa, her name. Uh, I like how he turns towards the tombstone, which <laughs> is appropriate. Alexa right there. Appropriate, yeah. But so it, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, I don't push. Hold on. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> this is amazing. God. So anyhow, I'll don't invoke her. <laughs> I'll just have to say Lady L because that's what we say when we don't want her to like, you know, go off. But so like I'll hear her like, you know, say all these like bands and stuff. And I try to listen to her. Sadie got into this weird kick where she was really into, um, you know, bad lip reading. There's um the yeah. Yoda songs like my stick is better than bacon and seagulls she just she can sing that like all of it word for word but with Bowie 
and some of this other music. Like she's really loves Susie and the Banshees. She really mm. loves. She loves Bo, uh, da- uh, David Bowie. Every so often, I'll get this thing where she's like, "I really wish David Bowie was still alive. I really want to." Uh, don't like, we all? Like, fuck. Like, ch- yes, exactly. Like child, we all wish he was still alive. But no. you know, this is the stuff. I just you know, I don't force this on her, and she just kind of just gravitated towards it, which was just yeah. super cool. Sadie's big claim, but also your home is covered in tombstones. <laughs> <laughs> that is that your Zoom background, or is that actual fabric? It's oh, it fabric. is. Oh, love it. <laughs> drink to that. It's very, yeah. very sick. Well, I've, I've been to Noah's apartment. It is covered in tombstones and haunted okay. mansions. Well, shirt. the funny thing is, is I don't know if you can, if you realize it, but oh, there, there it is. I don't know if you realize what that is, but um. The privileged, the privileged Disney kids actually had the uh, 33 and a third long playing record of the Haunted Mansion that came like the book and record. Yes. This is actually one of the pages, but what's supposed to be here is the band in the graveyard. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to take the images from the book and record, but I just, just didn't want to blow them up. I wanted to doctor them. So that way it's like you're in them. So originally this image it's supposed to be band. the band supposed to be here, and I went oh. in and I removed them and, and like and like redrew a lot of it so that way the band's not there. So that's that's what that's what this is. But um, but to go back, so yeah, so and then like with Sadie with Bauhaus, her her legacy is going to be like I had I ate dinner next to Bauhaus, which she oh my god I did <laughs> because. Um, well, one year, so, so one year, this was actually the second year. So I've had, I'm, I'm, I'm a good acquaintance with David J. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that, um, I had him perform at Bats Day one year. Originally the plan was, was to try to get him to get Love and Rockets back together again, and then have him perform at one of the Bats Day events. And it was Mm -hmm. really funny because the way that I met David, um, I ended up DJing uh, Blue Heidi, I, Heidi Cavill. I can never, I don't remember her name. She's a photographer. Hey, Cal, no, not Calvert. Who am I thinking? It, it's, it's like, I can't remember. I never remember what it was. Oh, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So she did this, she did this event and she needed a DJ. And so I ended up DJing next to David. David was like the headliner and we kind of became friends, good acquaintances at that point. And so then um, we'd exchange numbers and I got the, the courage to like talk to, you know, call him up. And I'm just like, hey, you ever think about maybe getting Love and Rockets back together again? And he's like, well, we've thought about it. I'm like, you think maybe I could hire you for Bad Day for Love mm-hmm. and Rockets? And he's just like, we can't get this together in three months. And I'm just like, damn. So I was like, all right, well, what about you? And he's like, really? And he, he was taken back. So I had him perform one year with his side project band and then um i had him perform maybe like six years later seven years later and he did sort of like a mini acoustic set and before he performed he during the dinner portion so he sat at our table and sadie basically sat right next to him and there's photos of it and everything sadie was like one and a half and (laughs) So that's oh my like God. her big claim to fame is just, she's just like, I know I ate dinner next to Bauhaus. So, wow. Yeah. 
That's amazing. And that, but I think what's so remarkable is like that is meaningful to her as a ten year old. That's incredible. No, crazy. And same thing with Bauhaus. So I I saw Bauhaus in LA before they broke up the first mm-hmm. night. The oh first wow, time. round one, yeah. In like back in eighty five, eighty six. Damn. So I've seen them perform. I've seen I've seen Bauhaus perform. I think every time they perform, like you know, they got you know they performed originally, and then yeah. they broke up, and then they had that reunion thing at the Palladium. So I was yeah, able- I was at that one. That was actually my first time seeing Bauhaus. Yeah, like, that was. I've seen everybody like separately, <laughs> you know, yeah. but not. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Peter Murphy a billion times, but it was Same. like like a was- lot. <laughs> right. But it was really cool. And that was the first time that like, I'm not up in front because who the hell crowd serves at a freaking Bauhaus show? That was no. awful. Well, the problem was, is that K-Rock put it on. Oh. That's, that's why. And it was all these K-Rock people that they only know like Bella Lugosi's dead. They don't know anything right. else. So, but I was at that one. And then I was at the, um, the, the, the last one that was at the Palladium. But yeah, now sure. they're just kind of like, we're going to just perform as much as we can at this point. So, mm-hmm. and I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing them at, I guess, at what, a crew world? Oh is yeah, it's still real? <laughs> I know, is that, are we going to be taken for a ride? <laughs> is that going to happen? I think it's happening. No, I think it's happening. I, I think it's totally happening. Cool. I have a fear that it's like the goth fire festival. <laughs> No, I think the Goth Fire Festival is going to be the emo Fire Festival. That's that. That's the uh, oh, that fucking God. thing. That yeah, was, well, that's their problem. Bye, headlining. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so that took you around the way to music, but did you? Did your parents kind of support your? Like your dad was super into classical, and your mom was a hippie. Did they support the foray into the dark stuff? Or did oh, you- absolutely. As long as it was music, it didn't matter. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I I had real good supportive parents um, when it came to music. Um, you know, they just it was like as long as you were listening to like some kind of a music or whatever, it's like it's totally fine. I mean, some of the stuff that, as my father would say, he'd always be like, "Ah, this is this is not the type of music like when I was you know younger." Like <laughs> the stuff the stuff nowadays is yep. you know it's like it's it, the lyrics are terrible and and this and that. But at least you're listening to music, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, I come from I come from a background of music as well. And I remember fighting the inclination to listen to Depeche Mode simply because <laughs> they existed on synthesizers. And that was right. everything I believed in and knew as a wind instrument, you know, like, you know, I just called myself a wind instrument. I was right. a- <laughs> yeah, you wind instrument. <laughs> Are we all? I mean, given you know. Yeah. What What is a human body but a just a big witness? But we're not going to go there. <laughs> Please, I, I think it's already. Pipe. I just like, like all these musicians like be against you know the electronic movement. You know what? It's funny because I know when synthesizers were first coming into play, like 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 when they were getting more advanced. I mean, not like craft work synthesizers where all that stuff were done like on 808s and 404s and you couldn't like record them you just had to like it just had to organically happen i'm talking more like the keyboard synthesizers Um, for a while my father and his friends were concerned that it was going to take over you know everything and i'm sure you experienced this too but it really didn't i mean there was always there's always going to be like live music there's always going to have to be like 
orchestras and stuff like that. Um, at the Super Bowl, they had a percussion. <laughs> they had a whole like <laughs> amazing. It was so amazing. Not expecting that live musicians playing. That <laughs> oh, was that was so cool. But um, no, I mean the funny thing though is that. I have a love-hate relationship with the Pesh Mode, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" No, and that was no. It. I'm like with you too. <laughs> Here's Not a love-hate. I have this like embarrassing, like kind of indifference where I'm like, "Yeah, they're fine." Yeah, I mean that's how it is. People too. get upset about that. So I was. It's so weird because I had such weird phases. So it's kind of like during the 90s uh, it's not a phase noah <laughs> yes. I, had, I had i had <laughs> weird segregations when it came to music so it's like yeah. you know very much into grunge music but also very much into punk and goth and you know that's always been like the norm if you consider goth norm but you know that was the <laughs> staple that always was like the constant um but then it was like you know, very heavily, like into like a lot of the nineties music that was, that was out there. Like, I mean, I was like into the wonder stuff. I was into like, um, Catherine wheel, um, yeah. uh, uh, Nirvana. I mean, I wasn't really into Pearl jam. I was into also like Mary's Danish and, um, God, who else? I'm trying to think it was so much. Um, anyhow. So, Oh, Thelonious Monk. Mm -hmm. you no, know, good old Bob Mould, um, who's now a drug counselor. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Um, but so it was like, that was the stuff that I was like kind of into too. And it was so weird. So like that was during also when Depeche Mode, like when Richard Blade brought Depeche Mode over. He really did usher Depeche Mode in, didn't he? did, he? completely. Like Richard Blade and um, Rodney Bingenheimer, I really feel like brought a lot of, the international or England, UK stuff to America. I mean, a lot of that stuff, I think if, if it wasn't for them, I mean, we would probably eventually get it, but they're the ones that I think really spearheaded it and, and got it going. So it was chicken, egg, you know, the old age old dilemma, but I right. heard Nine Inch Nails at the palace. Back yeah, that was Richard Blade. Well, what's funny? Oh, and actually, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned the Palace of the Richard Blade. So I actually used to run a club also called The Bog, and it was at Yankee Doodles in Woodland Hills. It is not there what? anymore. It is not there anymore. <laughs> what? Yeah. So there was a, there was a, <laughs> so Yankee Doodles, Sorry. which is now just a parking lot, I think. I don't even know what's on the, on the premise anymore. Um, I think the um, the Christmas drive-through light thing that's in in Woodland Hills that's I was on the premise, but um, so there was a a club there called um, Rebar at one time, and that's that's like another group of friends that um, sort of got melded into all of this also. So that was sort of like the K Rock. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's like I. Because to me, this music was normal to me. It was sort of like, uh, it was sort of like Ministry and, and, and Nine Inch Nails and Nights of Rab. And they would play some of that stuff. And it was like, not like the normal K-Rock stuff. There was also mm -hmm. in Burbank, the Australian Beach Club, which was also something that Richard Blade used to DJ at as well. So I helped somebody and started a club called The Bog, which was supposed to be sort of like stigmata light, mm -hmm. like at the Probe. 
Mm-hmm. So it was like Sigma to light. And so the guy that started that, his name's, his name's Scotty Boy. And I guess, I mean, I lost contact with Scotty, but I see his stuff all the time. He's like lives in Vegas now. And he's like one of the, one of the staple Vegas DJs. Oh. And so what happened was, is that Scotty coming back full circle to, to the Palladium, Remember the commercials Friday night? You know, it was like Fridays on K-Rock. I'd be like, hey, it's me, Richard Blade. And come see me at the Palladium with special guest DJ Scotty Boy. That was Scott. And what would happen is a lot of the time, Scott couldn't do it. So I would would basically be Scotty Boy. And I was DJing at the Palladium with Richard Blade. Wow. So, but the thing you were saying, though, about like Nine Inch Nails and stuff, it's so funny. So like, perversion it was like one of their first places that they performed at was that pervert was nine inch nails it was a perversion i oh, saw wow. that at the ruby yeah i missed that i totally missed yeah. that no and they it didn't. was weird because with nine inch nails so i got a promo cassette it was like i was just like trying to figure out i used to buy a lot of used cds and tapes from moby disc when it used to be on ventura boulevard yep. the fat burger is now it's like next door to fabric it's i think it's now my former it. boss before he had this business worked at moby disc probably around that same time that's <laughs> funny so they would get a lot of like promotional stuff and i remember getting pretty hate machine about a year and a half before it was even released i still have the tape it's it's like in stories i remember it was like i'm hearing this i'm going what is this it's so good and it's this is going to be like the new sound and so yeah it was it was crazy so i don't circulate now i don't know if you've seen it but on facebook it's circulating um nine inch nails uh sound check at helter skelter where they played Yeah, where they've played Terrible Lie, which I can never, I've never heard them play this. I've seen them so many times. They never play that song. But I didn't know they played it at Helter Skelter. It's weird. I'll have to go back. You know you know who would know this? Bracktune. Jason, oh, yeah. the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan in the entire world. I almost went, I almost had to go. <laughs> That's another <laughs> supposed to leave to go to blue mondays because an old friend's in town who jason oh. well yeah Wait, if anybody if anybody would know that answer it would be jason i would talk to jason i could ask that. him yeah i could ask him yeah well we could have him on as a guest like that he'd be great i think you should i jason's are jason's very interesting i mean the stuff yeah. and the knowledge that he knows is just it's just crazy but he, over I, the pandemic he did some like anthology yeah industrial music i watched that it was amazing I did too. I hate it too. His his knowledge is just is extensive when it comes to this music. Um, but I don't. I'm trying to remember. I totally snapped the rubber band because I can't remember what the original question was. Yeah, this is yeah. how these things go. It's okay. Yeah. But anyhow, so it's just you know that's just. I mean that's just how it was. So it was just the music. It was just I was like into like all these facets of everything. Um. Oh, I remember now. It was the it was it was about Depeche Mode. So. <laughs> Back in the 90s, I wasn't heavily into like synthesizer music. Mm. Um, I was more into like actual instruments and, you know, like like Bauhaus, David Bowie, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything. So again, that- my tattoos keep coming up. I have a Ziggy Stardust Bauhaus <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> You've like hit on all of my stuff. That's hilarious. So... <laughs> I, you know, the whole thing was when it came to Pe- Pesh Mode, like everybody in high school 
when I was in high school, like was into it. And I just wasn't into it because it was just like synthesizers. Oh my God, it can't like, no. Like I liked some electronic music cause I liked craft work and everything, but I really felt like the whole Depeche Mode thing and I'm gonna probably get a lot of shit for this, but it was just like, <laughs> it, like it was kind of like sellout. And you know, I mean, like I said- I'm not judging you. I know you're not judging me um, because my opinion about D Depeche Mode is the same as yours. Like, I like it. Like, if it's on the radio, I'm not going to turn it off. Yeah. You know? It's, you know, it, I enjoy it. I'm just not like, I'm They're just solidly like, fine. Yes. I'm just not like super fan. But when I started yeah. DJing and I, I it was so funny because when I started DJing, I was mainly doing goth music, but I really didn't want to do the goth music. I was good at DJing goth music, but I really wanted to do more industrial EBM mm -hmm. electronic stuff because I really felt like that's where I mainly shined because I was I was doing a lot of beat matching and a lot of stuff that like a lot of people were not doing back in the early 2000s. And I was doing a lot of this with CDs before the pitch controls on CD player, which was like unheard of because you could beat match with LPs and vinyl, but you really can't do it with CDs. Mm -hmm. So that was my whole thing was that I really wanted to be more of like an industrial DJ. And that just, I mean, I would do guest spots here and there, but it was, I was all, it would always go gravitate back to God. But the thing was, was that I got, you know, more and more into electronic music and of course, then it would just came into this thing where I just came to this realization, you know, I can't really shun Depeche Mode because then I'm just being a hypocrite, <laughs> you know, because it's kind of like, well, okay, Knights of Reb, Front 242. Uh, yeah, it's good. They're all in the same kind of, I mean, they come from the right. same. It's just, I mean, you're still entitled to just to like what you like, but it's not based on a principle anymore. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly it. And the and the thing is, it's kind of like you got Knights of Rev and Depeche. Or it's like Knights of Rev is kind of like dark electronic music, where Depeche Mode is just like pop. Mm -hmm. Oh God, yeah, I love Knights of Rev. Like, oh, I, I do. Knights, I I can't get enough. And you saw what's playing Cold Wave, right? No, are they? Is Douglas is Douglas McCarthy? It's it's apparently Knights of Rab. It's also uh, I think Front Two Four Two, and it, it it's basically when we were industrial young. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I just saw Front Two Four Two at Cold Waves in Chicago when we were oh, there. Wow. Oh, they. Oh, I didn't realize they were there. Did yeah. Who was that? Who headlined? They were the headliner of whatever night that was. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, um, but it was also a little bit lost on me because even though like I'm like I appreciate that I'm not a huge industrial fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it was so funny. I forget what year it was when it was Rave Two Four Two. It was I want to say it was like 2004, and they did it here. Hmm. It was such a good show. I mean, it was so ravey, and the thing was was that a lot of people were just not into rave like our scene wasn't into the rave music stuff and it was so different and it was so good which to fall back on one of the other clubs that i ran so there was a venue in downtown called vertigo's i don't even know what's oh, yeah, i remember vertigo yeah that was where perversion I never really went there because that oh, was like during I think, my san francisco that's time. right perversion was there because they talked about the patio right so I ran a club there. It was called 01001. Like, oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> and it was funny because what happened was people were always trying to figure out what oh. does it mean? It's got to mean. Heather has guests. Right. And what was funny about it. I want to off the cuff ask them because this is very pertinent. I love this. They're here 
from Maryland to go to okay. Disney. This is I mean, I would like to narrate what is happening right now We're to back. the audience. <laughs> and so Heather has friends in town that she's supposed to go out with who have arrived at her house and are on camera for us, but not for you. <laughs> so we have even more guests now. What so was founder of Bath Day is our guest. His name is Noah. He also oh, ran yeah. clubs. Do you I know him? I've, I've met him before. Yeah, oh, back you, then. She's met <laughs> Even I love, I love this. Wasn't it like you and Phil? Kind of yeah, Phil, Phil yeah, was a part of it at one time. Yeah, Doomy, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, Doomy was. Yeah. I missed like the first one. And then like back in a thousand years ago, I used to date. I don't know if you remember him. Familiar, I but I don't recognize it. I've tried to forget as well. But <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think we went to like, we might have missed the first one, but I definitely went for several years, like past like the second one. And like, well, I have a picture somewhere of like us and like, I don't know, Cowboy and some other people. Oh God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Cowboy used to come to it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, okay, I didn't realize. That's, I'm so, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, here's the thing that's really funny. So the event, I don't know if you know, it. it if we didn't have COVID, if COVID didn't stop the <laughs> event for two years, we would basically be at like year 24. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to like see. We realize remembering the picture of like the group picture from back then to then what it became as far as like yeah, like, the line of people withholding the number. <laughs> it's crazy because the very first year when we took the group photo was in the courtyard of the haunted mansion as you could walk up to ride the ride. Yeah, and then it just got to the point where we can't even do it in the mansion anymore. It's <laughs> crazy. Well, what would, um, so we're exploring the theme of like, what brings goths to Disneyland and the overlap, because you definitely have that. You have to go every time you're here. I feel like Disneyland to me is appealing because of growing up and going to it. Okay. So no relation. I don't know if it's necessarily. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So I wonder, so how much of that is just like a human California experience and then being goth doesn't change that human California experience? I think that's exactly what it is because like I remember we would go to Disneyland at least twice a year. We'd go yeah. once in the spring and once in the, or once in the summer and once, I don't know, wherever else, at least once a year. And it just got to the, it just, I think it's just, it's a Southern California staple, I think is what it is. Um, and then it just got to the point where like I had an annual pass back in the eighties and then it would just be kind of like, Oh, we got no money, but we got a Disneyland pass. Let's just go to Disneyland and just, you know, yeah. hang out, go to Videopolis and do all that stuff. And I think it was just, it was that weirdness that like Dave and Jen were just kind of like, we're going to go to Disney and yeah. release the bats. You should do the same thing with absinthe and we'll just, you know, make it a day out of it. And it just it kind of just stuck. And to me, like I was saying earlier, it was like, because, I was a Disney kid and I'm a God yeah. kid. It just kind of <laughs> like, I can just like take my chocolate and peanut butter and just, you know, smish right. it together. <laughs> I have such a weird thing though, where like, even though I'm from LA, um, I didn't really grow up as a Disney kid. So I, me going once a year meant going for Bats Day. Oh, so cool. I really have them much more conflated in a way that I think maybe others don't. And that's why I find right. it so interesting to talk about like, like if they don't necessarily uh, I don't know, exists separately. I'm like, okay, well, why, why do I feel like it actually makes so much fucking sense? <laughs> well, the one thing, and I always kind of say this a lot, and that is, um, 
the one thing about Disney, I don't think a lot of people realize, and maybe they do, it's just kind of like indirectly, they're actually, honestly, there's a shitload of darkness when it comes to Disney. I mean, oh, absolutely. And there's also just a shitload of general extravagance in yeah. goth uh, sensibility. So it really, right. if you just change the, literally just the color scheme is all that's right. keeping it apart. That, so it actually, that's how I've really made sense of it. Like it's right. very much intertwined. And I totally agree with you on that. And it's just, it's interesting because it's like, if you just turn the hue just a little bit, <laughs> it changes everything. And I yeah. think it's cool because now, you know, I don't want to, I hate saying this because I feel like I'm so egotistical if I'm saying this, but I really <laughs> feel like a lot of the way that Disney's outlook now when it comes to the park has a lot to do with fucking Bats Day because- I, it, You're probably right about that. It's just, it's weird. Like a lot of their thinking, the, the fact that they lightened up a whole lot now um, with certain things. And it's just- Like Eeyore. I, 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 what, what? But like Eeyore, now he smiles. God, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that real? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Eeyore was so fucking genuine. That was just like a- <laughs> The, no, the I impression. But- you know, it's like, I think, I think Bats Day changed their thinking about certain things because then also it's like, you know, I find dollar signs. We found an untapped market. What can we do? Right. And right. like, I really knew that I really felt like they knew what was going on when they produced that Joy Division Mickey Mouse shirt. Remember that? <laughs> no, what? I don't think it I offends don't remember that. So there's, there is a Joy Division shirt that they released. It didn't say Joy Division. What it was, it's basically, it's the Mickey head. So it's just the, it's the three circles. Okay. So yeah. it's like the ears and the, and the big, and the big circle in the center. And what they did was they just took, you know, the uh, Unknown Pleasures album cover. They just kind of did the wavy lines. And that's the only, it's I like, mean, when you said Mickey Mouse Joy Division, I pictured exactly that, but that's, that's what they did. And they released it. And I guess, I don't know what happened. It was only out for a very short time. And then it mysteriously disappeared. And I don't know. Oh, you were uh, talking about your copyright stuff earlier. Interesting. How well, but here's the thing though. I don't think because they didn't say Joy Division on it. And the, um, the wavy lines, Joy Division actually took that out of a textbook. Yeah. It's a typography thing, right? That's exactly what it is. It, you know, Joy Division has no, has no copyright claim to that so <laughs> but yeah so it just disappeared the only thing that i can think of is that maybe somebody clued them clued them in to joy division and the meaning behind joy division yeah. and like where it came from and originally it was called originally it was called warsaw and i mean we can go down a whole joy yeah. division order <laughs> warsaw conversation for another time but i think next podcast yeah right exactly we'll back. I, Don't worry. but i think that might have been the issue why it it disappeared oh that's funny it's um, on the bats day it's in may it's on the 8th it's going to be a very stripped down version of it you want to know more yeah, about it i'll, I'll be go, there go, yeah. go give us some more info is there a link or is there something that listeners can yes so what you can do is um you can go to the main website um it's at www.batsday.net you can actually also, I have a list of links that you can go to, which has everything on it um, from the Instagram account to, and I'm just bat stay on Instagram. Um, but then there's like other things as well. You can go to Linktree. I don't know if, if most people, so it's L-I-N-K 
um, tr.ee slash batsday, B-A-T-S-D-A-Y. And all of that, will, there'll be like a ton of links on there that you can just click on and go wherever you need to go. Um, it's and on the 8th. Correct. It's just the Sunday. It's just the Sunday. I'm, I don't know when we're going to be bringing. The plan is to bring back the events that happen on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's going to happen. We're st I'm still trying to figure out the logistics and, and the budget and all that stuff. Um, it will happen. I, I know a lot of people want the black market, which was the vendors event of like 90. That like that turned into something. I remember a friend of ours, Randy DJed that. I remember that. Yeah. 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 It, that the black market turned into something that I didn't expect it to turn into, which was just, it was a whole like convention floor. is it, what it felt like it yeah. was, it, it was, it was great. Um, so that eventually will make its comeback. Um, I just, I don't know when I'm just trying to figure out the legit. I want to get through COVID first. Let's get rid of this stuff. But <laughs> so the event, so the event this year, it's going to be a very, very, very stripped down version of what we normally know. I don't even know if we're going to do a group photo at the castle this year. It's all dependent on the numbers. Because for I always miss that because it is too early for me. Right. Well, when everybody's just melting. Or, oh, I guess that would have been when. That would have been when it was in August. It's in May. Yeah. Now it's, now August it's was a very goth and hot weather situation. May is much more humane for us. Be honest, right? <laughs> well, what? Did you move it up because of the weather and the melting goth? Yes, exactly. By the <laughs> of the event i was just kind of like because it was it was like triple digits i mean it was like 104 i'm like screw this i gotta change this yeah. so yeah so we're gonna see what's gonna happen i know the numbers right now for COVID are pretty good so we might do it it's just all dependent um like what the numbers are because I, I don't know i mean i don't want to be in a big group of people with COVID still yeah. being passed around so but we're still gonna do like the button giveaways and then because it's on mother's day this year again we, no. Yeah, it's on Mother's Day this year. It happened 10 years ago, which I think is neat. No, so, I actually remember that happening. Being a thing. So I created a, another Mother's Day button. So we're going to do a, a special Mother's Day button drop for all the for all the mothers that bring their kids, all the yeah. moms and their baby bats. And <laughs> we're going to bring them and, you know, give them buttons and stuff. But, you know, so it's still sort of in the works. And the other thing too is, so when the event was supposed to happen in 2020, it was supposed to be sort of like a vacation from Bats Day because the Haunted Mansion was supposed to be closed. Oh. They were redoing a refurbishment. So I came up with this whole concept where it's like, well, I guess we're gonna take an adventure and go on vacation to the, to the South Pacific of Disneyland. And <laughs> I did this whole Bats Tiki theme. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I'm still, we're still doing it. I mean, because I have all the buttons and the and the giveaway stuff. It's all dated from 2020. It's like. <laughs> but we all know that time fucking stops. So like no one's going to judge that. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, it's, so we're still doing the Bats Tiki theme too. I mean, if people want to dress up as goth, goth teeth, tiki or whatever, I think that's fun. But <sighs> this, is about that. This, is the, this is technically the first year that the event actually has a theme. Cause I normally right. do that. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah. I fully really look forward to that. Well, it zoom's going to cut us off. It was a pleasure meeting you, Zoa. Yeah. It was really Zoa. <laughs> Zoa <laughs> Goblet of wine waiting. I, I, Zoa. That's the wine talking. Yeah. I thank you so much. And I oh, love you. Yeah. Thanks for chatting with us. And thanks uh, special surprise guest, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Open graves.